Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is up, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another special edition episode of the Barry and Max Show. Today, we have with us a writer for Kent State. Uh, been doing it for uh, 17 years, uh, kind of split into two stints, uh, covering from 96 to 02 and then 2012 to now. Um, Mr. Alan Moff, you can find him on Twitter at, at Alan Moff underscore RC uh, with a record curry out of uh, Kent, Ohio. Alan, how are you doing today? Doing great. Good, good to hear, man. So uh, this week, um, everybody who's tuning in is listening because uh, they get to see their their Sooners play the uh, Kent State Golden Flashes. Uh, Kent State coming off a loss to Washington this past week, uh, forty five to twenty. Um, which you know, watching a little bit of that that game. Uh, score maybe not as indicative as to how they looked. How do you feel about Kent State coming out of that game? Well, I mean, they they were able to hang in there and make some plays offensively, which I think they expected to be able to do. Um, defensively, it was tough. Um, you know, they kind of uh, ran into a, a pretty special quarterback in Mr. Penix, um, reunited with his former offensive coordinator up there. And, uh, you know, he just kind of picked them apart. Honestly, they couldn't get any pressure on him, and uh, they had a hard time on the edge, kind of covering those guys. And they were able to just kind of do what they wanted to do offensively. Uh, Kent State certainly didn't make many spa- splash plays in that uh, side of the ball, but uh, you know, overall, I think they, you know, they got out of there relatively healthy, which is really the most important thing when you're talking about these games for Kent State. Um, you know, you want to you want to show something and, and and stay healthy and move on to the next one. <laughs> Absolutely. So in, in talking about that, uh, this week they are actually staying here in my neck of the woods up here in Tulsa. Uh, it, it seemed like they they wanted to really give the players uh, kind of a reprieve from all, all the travel. Um, well, what do you have to say about kind of their strategy behind? I know yesterday they were actually up at uh, Black Wall Street at Greenwood Avenue. Um, well, what is sort of the strategy behind uh, doing this um, in their non-conference? Well, yeah, it just cuts down on travel time. I think they're taking advantage of the fact that, you know, Labor Day was Monday and they wouldn't have had classes anyway. So they didn't end up missing a day of classes by doing this. They just, you know, miss a couple that they maybe a day and a half extra. And, uh, you know, when you factor in the experiences, they're doing some sightseeing, they're seeing some special places, making kind of something special out of the trip. Um, You know, more of a bonding type of thing when you do those things, obviously, Um, especially for this team, you know, a lot of new faces early in the season. So it really makes makes perfect sense. Um, and I think they'll get a lot out of it. And, um, like I said, cuts down on travel time too, is going to give them a little better chance to have their legs under them for this weekend. I I do want to ask you, you, you talk about, uh, quite a few new faces. Uh, what are the expectations for them coming into this year? Um, you know, they're without a question expecting to challenge for the Mac uh, championship again. Uh, they made it to the championship game last year, lost to Northern Illinois. Um, the coaches pick them to win it this year, uh, the East Division that is, and get back to that championship game. And that's there's no question that's the goal. Um, they definitely have enough people back um, on both sides of the ball to, to make a legitimate run at that without a question. Um, even though you have a new quarterback, they're pretty high on him um, to run the offense. And uh, if they can find a little bit of defense um, against the teams that they're you know com- should be competitive with, then they they've got a good shot at that. 
I love that. Uh, so, so their quarterback, uh, Colin Schley, uh, last week, 12 of 24, 178 yards. Uh, they, they seem to uh, deploy the, uh, the up-tempo stuff, um, doing what a lot, of, a lot of teams are, of course, doing nowadays. Um, how do you feel about his play? I know the numbers, 12 of 24, you might look at that and say, you know, not the best outing, came out with a QBR of about 75. Uh, how would you grade how he played last week? I think overall they uh, they were they were very pleased with what they saw. Um, personally, I was the same. I mean, they start the game off with an interception on the first play <laughs> that uh, Coach Lewis took the blame for with the call. Um, they tried to throw over the middle into double coverage, and and that didn't go well. Um, so you're sitting there thinking, "Here, you got a guy in his first collegiate start. And he just threw a pick to start things, and this could get real ugly on the road <laughs> at Washington." And uh, but it didn't. He bounced back. Um, you know, made some plays. He, he hooked up with Devontae Walker for a long touchdown. Um, kept a lot of plays alive. Um, you know, was under some pressure, obviously, against a very tough uh, Washington front. And, uh, you know, did the things that the coaches want him to do as far as not panicking and take what they give him and, and really held in there and, and led the team and did all those things that they're really looking, you know, at, at, again, once they get in their caliber of competition, if he does these same things, and they're going to be very successful. Uh, offensively, just kind of a bird's eye view. Um, philosophically, when when they line up against Oklahoma, uh, what do you think they're going to try to do uh, strategically? Uh, do you think we'll see a lot of tempo? Um, are they going to try and pass to set up the run, run to set up the pass? Uh, what will we see out of Kent State? They're definitely a tempo team. Um, Coach Lewis has said earlier this week and talking about some connections he has with Oklahoma, actually, that uh, they kind of you know, the, the people in Oklahoma has running this offense and, and and Sean himself and his guys um, kind of learned this offense together several years ago. So it's th- th- basically a mirror image. Uh, like he said, Oklahoma just has <laughs> has, uh, you know, some more weapons, obviously, to run it with. Um, but um, that's what they do, uh, especially early in the game. They're going to try to tempo you. Um, obviously, it's not going to catch Oklahoma off guard because <laughs> Oklahoma does it and they already know Kent State. But uh there have been some situations in the past where they've played some power fives that, you know, have struggled with it a little bit. Um, but, you know, that is what they do. They're going to try to do it. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll pull on the reins a little bit. if The situations dictate that as the game goes on. But that is what they do. They try to run up there and get as many plays off as they can. Um, I would still, you know, a lot of teams like that are kind of pass centered. I wouldn't say they're pass centered. They're still a run team. Um, you know, Coach Lewis's Wisconsin roots come out and that he wants to be a physical running team to set up everything else. Um, they have running back Marquez Cooper, who's a good player, uh, especially at the MAC level. Um, he's kind of a good all around running back, kind of a short, powerful kid. He's got a little burst. And uh, that's what they'll do. They'll try to run the ball to set up the pass and, and they'll try to set up shots downfield with the passing game by just kind of taking what the defense gives them and setting those shots up. You mentioned uh, a little bit earlier um, that them at receiver. Uh, they seem to have a couple guys who who seem to uh, make plays for them. You've got uh, Dante Cephas and uh, Devontae Walker. Uh, talk a little bit about what they bring to the table. And OU breaking in a new defense this year. You know, secondary has definitely been an area of concern for this team for for years. Seems to be shored up a little bit better this year. More of a strength. Uh, what can you say about what those two receivers are going to uh, throw at OU? Well, Schley's got time. Um, Cephas is going to challenge you. He's a really good player. Um, he, he really burst onto the scene last year. He had a 150 yard game against Maryland. Um, and since then he's just been piling up hundred yard games. Um, 
he's an obvious deep threat, but interesting. His nickname is Slim, but he's really gotten a lot stronger the last year and a half. And he showed some real physicality um, against Washington with some, uh, you know, yardage after the catch type stuff. So um, he'll challenge. He's a good player. Uh, Walker, on the other hand, is just kind of coming onto the scene. He's a very athletic kid, pretty tall, um, has made some plays recently, but, you know, hasn't established himself to the level of Cephas, obviously. But he's definitely a threat that uh, they'll have to be aware of for sure. How do you feel about their offensive line? Um, is, is that an area that's you know still a work in progress, or or did they bring back some experience? How, how would you grade them so far? Yeah, that's the that's the question mark of the offense, without a doubt. They only have two starters back. Um, they have two first year starters at tackle, which is always scary. Uh, center's a good player who you know first year starter last year who was back. Uh, Sam Allen, then they have a Jack Bailey who was at guard again, a pretty experienced kid. But beyond that. Um, it's all new guys in there that haven't played much football uh, together or just in general at the college level. So that's uh, uh, a scary thing, especially when you're going up against a defense like Oklahoma. Um, I think overall they held up fairly well against Washington. They certainly didn't embarrass themselves um, physically. But, uh, again, to, to, to try to do that again against an even better team a week later, that's, that's a major, major challenge that they're facing for sure. Yeah, most definitely. So uh, moving over to the other side of the ball, you know, obviously giving up uh, 45 points to Washington last year. Uh, you used to looking at kind of their schedule at a glance, um, had some games where they were essentially shootouts, gave up quite a few points, but they seemed to score points themselves. Uh, where, where does this team stack up? Uh, not just against Oklahoma, but but as they get into Mac play. Uh, defensively, uh, where are they right now? That's a great question. Um, obviously, they had a pretty good year last year. You mentioned the shootouts. Uh, they really struggled with teams that could A, run the ball physically, and B, had some you know big-time receivers on the edge. Um, and and you know, that's, that's really the key coming into this year. I think even though they have a first-year starter quarterback, they're pretty high on him. They're going to score points. When it all shakes out for them, um, you know, if they can play a little bit of defense and get in some people's way in the Mac, they can have a pretty good year. Um, you know, they, they have a lot more experience on that side of the ball than they have in the past, especially up front. Um, they've got seven, eight guys they can funnel in and out, which is something that that's just typically not the case, especially at a Mac school. Um, and, and they're all pretty good. So that really helps them when you're facing it, the Oklahomas of the world to try to, you know, if you've got four guys that you trust and you're trying to play them the whole game, good luck. That's just not going to work. Um, so that's a good thing that, that they have coming in. Um, and, and they really like the back end with their safeties. Uh, they got three real good ones and they actually have their best one that's injured. He's not going to play this weekend, but, um, they have three good ones. Still, uh, Jojo Evans, a transfer from Marshall, who had a real good game against Washington, uh, Antoine Richardson transfer from Maryland, who was uh, injured early last year and missed the rest of the year, but uh, they're very high on him. He had a solid opener. Um, and then Nico Bolden, who's also a transfer. Um, they're all back there. At the back end, um, you know, very capable safeties that can make plays, you know, coming up on the run and uh, cover people as well. The philosophically, uh, what we heard yesterday in uh, Coach Venable's press conference, um, he mentioned them deploying very similarly kind of what Iowa State has has popularized over the past five to six years, actually a defense that uh, previously gave uh, Coach Riley a lot of trouble. Um, classically here, everyone calls it the rush three drop eight, uh, but basically playing the, the, those five back, um, having your backers in coverage, 
defensively, uh, sort of from a philosophical standpoint? Are they going to try and keep stuff in front of them? Are they going to try and bring pressure? Uh, What do you see playing out, especially early in this game? Well, they have a first-year defensive coordinator, so we're all still trying to figure him out and what they're doing a little bit still. But um, their philosophy in the opener, they did not press the receivers at all, um, and they just tried to keep everything in front of them. Um, and obviously they ran into a quarterback that was fully capable of exposing that. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Coach Lewis alluded to in his press conference that they were going to do a little more press coverage and try to bump people off their routes a little more this week. Now, obviously, that's going to be a very, very difficult thing to do uh, against Oklahoma. But uh, at the same time, I think they're going to tune up the aggressiveness a little bit. Now, they, they got in trouble last year a lot, giving up big plays. Um, so, you know, I understand the philosophy last week was to not do that. I think they're going to try to find a little more of a happy medium though, and be a little more aggressive this week against Oklahoma while still trying to avoid those shots over the top. I want to ask you, I mean, they have just a monster non-conference slate. I would argue they might have the (laughs) toughest non-conference slate um, in, in all of football bowl subdivision, being old, old D1. Um, what, what do you have to say about their, their philosophy there going out and scheduling these, uh, these matchups? It's no secret. They're, they're getting paid from it. Definitely a lot of money exchanging hands. But uh, philosophically, going out there and competing with these teams um, and putting them on the schedule, uh, what do you have to say about the, their philosophy as a program with that? Well, this year is just ridiculous. I mean, let's face it. I mean, to ask a team to go to Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia in one month, I mean, there's no team in the country that probably comes out of that. Uh, undefeated, you're lucky you go two and one. Um, it's, it's, they've, they've done this since 2018 where they've played three power fives, um, and they've been some pretty good ones in there. They've played teams off national championship years and, and that, but they never played three of them to this level. Um, this is just asking too much. Um, they've toned it down uh, in the future uh, to not, you know, take on these types of challenges. Uh, you know, maybe one of them is fine. If you're just playing Oklahoma, okay. <laughs> but uh, to ask them to do this is just, it's just, you're setting yourself up for, you know, basically, you know, injuries and everything else that could happen in this first month, you know, just being demoralized. And, and, and like I said, once they get into their league, if they're still healthy, they're fully capable of competing for a championship. So. Um, you know, t- to set your team up to have a chance to do that, you you can't ask them to do this. And I would hope in the future that this never happens again. <laughs> yeah, it, d- it definitely worked out <laughs> in a in a pretty strange way. I mean, if this was had been Oklahoma's schedule and you just swap out them for another comparable team, everybody would have been saying, you know, but who the heck made this? So obviously, <laughs> the the payday is obviously pretty good. Uh, d- want to mm-hmm. ask you just uh sort of big picture. Um, I know you're up there a little further north, um, just in college football as a whole. A um, l- lot of new coaches, you know, swap teams uh, these past past year. Brent Venables obviously takes over at Oklahoma. Um, what, any comment on, on just uh, some of the coaches that, that you're excited to see uh, this year? Obviously, Riley, you know, leaves Oklahoma, goes out to USC. Brian Kelly down at LSU. Um, anybody who you think um, is going to succeed a little more uh, at any of those given programs? Um, I've heard nothing but good things about the guy you've gotten. Um, you know, some people around here know him a little bit through this person and that person. 
Um, you know, we have the Stoops connection um, up here. He, he was from, he was an Ohio guy who a lot of people know him and a lot of people just know Oklahoma in general from the, that connection. Um, so he's up there as far as, uh, you know, the people that I've heard, um, you know, that I don't know a ton about. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I think you guys made a good hire there and it sounds like he's going to do a very good job from, from what I've heard. Uh, for, for sure. Um, we're definitely excited about, about what he has to offer. You know, it seems that, uh, USC, you know, may have a good fit out there, but, but, you know, kind of remains to be seen. Uh, last thing I want to get into, um, just announced, uh, they're, they're going to go to a 12 team playoff. And this has been, you know, clamored for by a, a number of different programs and conferences. Some have been against it. You know, you got a team like Kent state, you know, who, who knows down the line, um, where did you stand as far as expanding the playoff, not expanding the playoff? Uh, are you excited about the change? Do you see potential in it for maybe a Mac team? Uh, well, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, that's what I would hit right there as a person that covers the Mac. Um, it gives them a sporting chance to get in it, um, which obviously there was no chance before. So this is a, it's a huge deal um, for, for, you know, the, the group of five teams. Um, you know, what I would say is, you know, it, it's still a very long shot. I mean, nobody's kidding who, but at the same time in 2012, Kent State played Northern Illinois for the MAC championship and both teams were ranked in the top 20. Uh, Northern Illinois went, ended up winning that game and playing Florida State in the Orange Bowl. Um, so, you know, if th that same set of circumstances plays out again, Northern Illinois would make that tournament so or make the playoffs. So um, it's a huge thing for the MAC. I mean, it gives you a chance. I mean, it's, again it's still a long shot you can't schedule like they did this year and have a chance but um you know that year in 2012 ohio state went to rutgers when they were like ranked number 13 not so ohio state kent state went to rutgers when they were ranked like number 13 in the country and beat them and all of a sudden they ran the slate in the mac and and like i said they're ranked so um it's possibility and it's a you know it's nice of in this day and age um it seems like everything's kind of been tailored and fit to help the big teams get better um, it's nice to to throw the the, the quote unquote uh, middle level teams of bone here and give them a chance to get in this mix too. The, the, I completely agree. You know, when we watch um, yesterday, Venables in his press conference, you know, brought up March Madness and how you know the the casual mm -hmm. fan you know tends to cheer for the underdog if they don't have a team. And if you had a team like a Kent State or a Northern Illinois or even a Cincinnati or you know whoever you know be able to to make that make that jump and maybe win a game in the, in the 12 team format, uh, just a totally different dynamic brought to the table. And it makes those games, um, outside of the, you know, four to five teams that we see every year makes those other games more interesting. Um, yeah, Alan, we, we ask everyone on the show at the end, uh, who, who co covers the team to, uh, pick a score, um, or at least make a, make an educated guess as to what's going to happen Saturday. Um, I know based on what you've said, you probably have a good idea of where you're leaning, but if you had to pick a score, um, well, what do you have for us? We'll go, let's go 48-13. 48-13. That's, that's about where we were leaning to. So that's a, uh, it sounds about right. I, I like that. Um, Oklahoma, just in case you're wondering, Oklahoma. <laughs> gotcha. That's, that's great. So, um, Alan, tell everybody where they can find you. You you got the Twitter handle right? I, I do. I always forget it. Yeah, okay, you announced that record, and then other than that, recordpub.com, all one word on the web. Um, 
you know, if you want to impress your, your, your fellow Oklahoma fans during the tailgate party, uh, with all your Kent state knowledge, you just check out recordpub.com And I've got about uh, what, 50 stories on there. You can get to know Kent state football and, and, and let everybody know how knowledgeable you are. We appreciate that so much. That is uh, exactly <laughs> who listens to this podcast. <laughs> Those people who show up Sounds at the tailgate. Great. Yep. Yep. Well, Alan, thank you so <laughs> much for, for your time today, man. It is so greatly appreciated. Um, I, I hope you uh, enjoy the game this Saturday and uh, maybe we'll talk again soon. All right. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in to this special edition of the Barry and Mac show. You can find Alan at at Alan Moth underscore RC on Twitter. That's at A-L-L-E-N-M-O-F-F underscore RC. You can also find him at recordpub.com. We want to thank you all for uh, tuning in, for giving Alan his time. Make sure you go give him a follow. Absolutely awesome content. If you want to be the most knowledgeable about Kent State leading into the game, as as he mentioned, want to be talking the talk at the tailgate, make sure to go follow his content at Alan Moff on Twitter. And also go follow at The Barry and Mac Show on Instagram at Dame That Dude and at BYS Fitness. We can also be found on Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW. And as always, don't forget to leave a rating and review. We thank you all so much. We will keep on bringing you all this content. You guys keep on supporting. We will see you soon.